training has to be present to gain muscle at, to the maximum that your biochemistry can allow. Like right. you, you can't just testosterone your way to muscle if you don't work out. This is nothing's going to happen. Bringing you a reasoned approach to health and fitness. This is the Phi Life Podcast. Welcome to the Fire Life Podcast. I'm John Barbin. With me is Brad Pilon. And today we're going to talk about um, the transient nature of muscle mass. Uh, but before we get to that, we're brought to you by the Total T Clinic, as usual. Um, so this came up. I recently did a DEXA and I've done DEXA What's scans. What's a DEXA, John? All right. It's, um, <laughs> it's a way of measuring body fat that can do regional measurements. So kind of like across your whole body. Um, it's not... Um, it, it's, it has its potential shortcomings as well. Like I, I mean, most people consider it the gold standard, uh, versus doing calipers or doing, um, you know, bod the biopedic scales and, yeah, or bod oh, pod or horrible. any of that. So underwater weighing we did in, in university just to learn like where it's rooted in, but that's absurd. No one's ever going to do that. Like you actually have to dunk someone in a tank of water. Um, and it's got, even though that's how you might've calibrated these things and it, scientifically might have been the gold standard it's utterly impractical and no one will ever do it so dexa seems to be about as accurate as you can get um and so we've done these multiple times throughout the years i mean i've got a lot man i've got like a yeah. dozen easily yeah i've got them going back to at least 2012 that's mine too um, yeah. right so and the kind of interesting thing that we wanted to talk about is muscle like as you work out to gain muscle People have this thought that it's either there or it's gone, and then it somehow doesn't come back, which um, I don't understand where that comes from. It's quite obvious if you've ever uh, broken a broken an arm or something, and it's been in a cast, and while it's fully immobilized, you know that the arm shrinks, and then when you're out of the cast, it doesn't take long for you to build the muscle mass back up. And the interesting thing is, it's not like it takes you all the years it took you to build your build no. the muscle back yeah, yeah. to what it was uh, a good example was um a good friend of ours uh, tore his bicep down down here by like the elbow which is super rare and it ripped right off he his arm was in a cask for whatever it took right a two two months whatever it took for it that to heal. a long one yeah yeah and then when he when it came out of the cast his arm was tiny it was like he'd never worked out before in his yeah, life. it was all black it, remember that yeah. well it was just yeah. really really tiny and and yeah. he had really well developed arms right he you know he was in his 30s or whatever he'd been working out his whole life so it's not like it took him another 15 years to build the arm back up to its full size it took him like 12 weeks of training and his arm was right back to its full size yeah so it, it comes, it can come back and there's something, this is like the concept of muscle memory. Once it's been built to a certain size, it seems as though you can always get it back to that size. Um, now, uh, steroids and testosterone, notwithstanding, we'll talk about that later, but, um, assuming, assuming your testosterone hasn't changed, that's a big assumption, yeah. um, either naturally or or you're on TRT, or you're actually doing a cycle of steroids, those things dictate how big the muscle could get. But assuming it's just just whatever your natural test can just do. Just you. Yeah. Just you, right? Um, the muscle should be able to come back to whatever size it was if you take time off, if it's immobilized, even if you tear the muscle, even if you break a bone. With this, once you get back to training, it should come back. 
And yep. and this kind of should, I mean, comfort someone who feel if they've seen that they've lost lean mass, you should realize it's not gone. It's just deflated, maybe is the best way yeah. to say it. Yeah, we've actually looked into um, sarcopenia, which is the amount of muscle you sort of lose just by the, nat- they think the natural aging process, but now they're questioning if it's a lifestyle thing. Mm. And they're realizing now that even in your 70s and 80s, with a proper diet and exercise program, the ability to start building back up is present. So it's not like it's it's gone and you can never do it. Um, you can build back up. Now, you're probably not going to build back up to the level of your 30s without some sort of hormonal help, but you can build back up. So that, that ability is always there. That memory is always there. Right. And and so let's just, just you know what, let's just jump right into the numbers because this will kind of lead us into this this discussion. So I somehow, and I didn't mean to do this, but I've inadvertently showed up for four different DEXA scans since 2012 at almost the identical body weight. And it's, I don't, I mean, I booked these months ahead and I don't really know how big I'm going to be or small I'm going to be at the time, but somehow I yeah. ended up within, within a pound of the same body weight, which made actually for a little, an interesting little experiment here. Within so, a pound, eh? Within a pound. So, and this is an example of body composition and, and how much you weigh versus how much of that is lean mass and fat mass on the same person can be pretty different. And the way you look at that same body weight can be quite different. And a lot of it has to do with if you've been training or not and how hard you've been training. So, and, and in this, in my case, a complete and utter lack of testosterone or testosterone being present. So I'll kind of walk you through some of this. So December, 2013, so this is a long time or whatever that is, 11 years ago. Um, I weighed 196.9 pounds at this DEXA scan and, and setting aside any of the potential errors in DEXA, at least we're just still using a DEXA. So the comparison right. should, should hold. This particular time, the machine said I was 12.1% uh, body fat with 166 pounds of lean mass and 29 pounds, let's see here, and 23 pounds of fat. So that's one setup of me being 196 and a bit. Right. Then, then an, in another instance, on the February... Um, 2019, so many, many years later, 196.6, so within 0.3 pounds of the same body weight. Okay. This time around, I'm 15.4% fat, so three, almost over three and a bit percent higher with 160 pounds lean mass, so six pounds less lean mass, whatever the lean mass compartment really is. And as per the DEXA, 29 pounds of fat. So that's six more pounds of fat, uh, roughly six, six, less pounds of muscle. six less pounds of muscle. That's a 12 pound swing. So no wonder in one case, it says I'm 12% body fat. In the other case, it says I'm 15.4. And obviously if I, I can't stand next to myself 10 years later, but I'd imagine the, the 2013 look is just better than the 2019 look. Yeah, those are radically different percentages for your body, right? Like that that yeah. jump down to 12, that's a that's a lean you and the 15% not so much. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it's a, that's in that that range where you have that very noticeable difference is is right. right there for you. So yeah, you would look completely different there. But it really messes it can mess you up that you're way the same. So you yeah. can think, "Well, I'm kind of okay, 
doing doing my thing. Right? And like, so well, think how- about it this way, though. In between those two times, um, you hired a trainer, didn't hire a trainer, and your weight didn't change. But let's just say the opposite happened. You went up six pounds and lost six. Depending on how aware you are of your what you look like in a mirror, you might be like, nothing's mm-hmm. happening. Right. And, yeah. and now one argument could be I'm just 10, 10 years older. But also it could be training status. I know I, if I think about it, I know at that time I was traveling a lot. I don't know how my guess is I just wasn't training as consistently or as hard. Clearly, I, I couldn't have been if if this was this different. Right. So yeah. I, I was on TRT that whole time. So that was constant. So it can't really be the effect of testosterone. So, you know, knowing that that's constant, knowing that my body weight was identical, the op- to me, the obvious thing was I, I must have not been training as consistently to just lose that much lean mass and gain that much fat mass and just sort of be the same size. Oh, do you have the compartments there? Can you look at lower body and legs? No, nah, I, I, nah, I don't have it all. I, oh, see, yeah, that's, um, yeah. I'd, have to, I'd have to pull it up. I mean, suffice to say, it would, it'll appear in all of those areas. Yeah. If it's, just if, so legs are about 50% of a, a man's lean mass. So you can right. see some big differences in that. That gives you an idea when you see legs and appendicular, so arms and mm-hmm. legs, mm-hmm. lets you know if the difference is skeletal muscle versus changes with your organs or how much food's in right, your system, right? right? right if right. legs have changed, it's muscle. There's no stomach in there messing yeah, appendicular, up. Yeah, that's that's a good point. If it's if the change is reflected mostly in your limbs, then that's that's usually means it's the skeletal muscle. It's not that yeah. you're just it's not that on the day you went in you just had a big meal and somehow a lot of the food you ate the day before is, is registering as lean mass because we've lean mass. played with. We were lucky enough. We have a, a friend who owns a Dexa clinic, so we were able to play with that a bit. And yeah, if you go in on a full stomach, that's more lean mass. Just mm-hmm. that it doesn't know how to register that difference. So we just drink um, a bunch of water. Yeah, just drink a bunch of water. But you can't fool the arms and legs. That they, they tell you right. the true story. Right. So, okay. So that's two, that's 10 years apart, same body weight, mm-hmm. big difference in lean versus, um, versus fat mass. And then the more interesting thing is, um, and this gets into the testosterone thing and definitely the lack of training. So, uh, I have two measurements here. Um, one of them was, um, January, February, March, April, May in May, May of 2023. Now there's okay. a bit of a story to this. I had just had lung cancer surgery in February, 2023 post surgery. I woke up with a paralyzed vocal cord and I also couldn't go to the gym for at least a month or two. I was like strictly wasn't allowed to work out. Me and Brad would just walk around the mall with the mall walkers. That's the best I could do. And I had, and I would, I had a violent, violent cough. So I couldn't like, not only could I not work out, I could breathing was like getting my heart rate up just, just from walking in the mall. Uh, sometimes I just have to stop and just cough violently, which is not not. Which fun. also for a bunch of you know ninety year old wall ma- wall mall walkers made John really really popular. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I need I needed all kinds of I needed um, codeine, cough syrup, and Tesla like anything to try to control it. It was pretty awful. Yeah. Um, it, I actually those coughs multiple times led to vomiting. Like that's how bad it was. Anyways, oh, I didn't know that. Anyways, the point is post surgery um, didn't didn't work out. And, and this measurement that I'm about to talk about was the first DEX I did. And I might have maybe just started going to the gym at the time. And, and the other interesting thing is, and it's not just three months of not training. Um, going into that surgery, I had to, I was living in California, but the surgery happened in Canada. So I was on flights back and forth for the two months previous 
to the surgery, uh, getting tests done and getting prepped for it. So I essentially spent five months not not training basically at all. Yeah. Um, now, stage one cancer is not the cancer causing any wasting. Like this was not a metastatic cancer. It has nothing to do with that. It was it was a, a single tumor that we got. So just if people are thinking, oh, you had cancer, it's like that's not why the why I was losing muscle mass. I, I literally hadn't trained for uh, close to five months. And the other okay so then so i haven't been training for roughly five months so so i measure in at 90 196.4 pounds exact same body weight again but this time my body fat percentage is 18.9 wow, okay. same body weight body yeah, fat yeah. percentage 18.9 fat tissue remember in my my leanest so far the f- total fat was 23 pounds at 12% body fat. Then at 15.4, it was 29 pounds of actual total fat. This time it was 35 pounds of actual total fat. Wow. But I still weigh 196, the exact same body weight. Yeah. But my lean mass had dropped from 166 to 160 all the way to 153. So Do you know, is that lean mass, um, fat-free mass and bone together? I imagine it is the way they're doing their DEXs, right? I'm... The different, well, this is another thing. If you do DEXs at different locations, the software is different. So you yeah, might yeah. not That's get what I was getting at. Yeah. The older DEXA scans have a lot more detailed information. This one has a, a more summarized information. So I only have the one lean tissue. I don't have the bone. The two. Okay. So either way, that would be the amount we would expect on someone now two inches shorter than you like so me at 510 150 would be fairly average. That's our, that's kind of our, our gold standard. Then that 150 at 510 for every inch in height, we add about seven pounds of lean mass. So you'd expect yeah. John to be about 164 really built, not one, 150 is not good. Yeah. So just, just so, letting you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So just, yeah. just nailing home the point that I'm way below average. Yeah. So, yeah. So in this case, a lack of training for close to six months, uh, I'm down. I'm down to almost what 166 to 153. What's that? 12, 13 pounds of lean mass. And I'm up, I'm up what? Almost 12 pounds of fat mass. Yet I weigh the same or I weigh the same. And my body fat percentage is all the way up to almost 19. Now, another interesting number in between all of that. Now this, now I do, I do weigh less this time. Uh, the, uh, October, 2023, so how much, I, how f- far are we talking now? This is five, six, five, five more months now. Five, five more months, months where I okay. finally started to exercise. Like I'm right. I've been training solidly for five months, but quite, quite now looking back, this is not a good idea. I don't know why it just seems stupid. I chose to go off of testosterone replacement to see if my body could actually recover. And so wait, just to be clear, you, like you, you went through cancer, cancer tr- treatment, then the throat with the vocal cord and mm-hmm. then the tons of time without training and on coding. And you're like, now is a good time to try to get off TRT and see if I my know. body can respond. Yeah, I, it was... Now it sounds so stupid, but back oh, then it was, I was, it was dumb back then too, man. <laughs> I know, but I was like, well, I might as well, I'm doing mm-hmm. it now. Might as well see if this works. So, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of, it would actually, it was an experiment to see if, if the TRT was having any influence on cholesterol and, uh, and, right, and, right, right, right. and lipids again, why do it then? Why not spend the year recovering? And then it, it's you know, hindsight's 2020. It's so dumb to do yeah, it yeah. then. So anyways, I, I go off of TRT and six months of being off TRT, my levels just, and I got, I was testing it. I was testing 
every four weeks. And my testosterone levels just dropped and dropped and dropped to the point where they went all the way down okay, on, on the measurement scale that goes from 250 to 1,000 or 1,100, depending on, depending on which lab and which country. Yeah. I dropped from, you know, cruising around 900 to 36, not 360. Just, just 36. 36 was where it bottomed out. That's enough to be like measurement error and just be zero, actually. Like it's, well, that's like an average woman's higher than 36. Yeah. And, and, and be I, clear, it, you, you work with a testosterone clinic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where totally. you live. So yeah, these yeah, aren't yeah. like yeah. random numbers from different labs. This is the same well, lab. Well, it's a cons- consistent, repeatable, Cons- right? Yeah. Um, and I was training like a, as hard. I was training as hard as I could train at that, which I'll tell you is pathetic. So no matter how hard I was pushing, I just kept getting weaker and smaller and weaker and smaller. So, um, okay. So run me through just because 36 is something I'm just trying to wrap my head around. Like did training hurt? Like what? I, I how, was, how did it feel? I was always trying to describe this and I couldn't get the, I didn't know how to describe it. It felt like, um, do you know when you maybe first wake up and you haven't had a good night's sleep and yes. you yawn yeah. a couple times in the morning and you know, yeah. you should get up, but you're like, Oh, I, I just need to lie here for just 30 more seconds. And there's like an exhaustion that you haven't done anything. You're just, it's just not there yet. Like you're just not awake yet. You like yeah. another big breath in might be the one that wakes you up. Imagine anyone who's like, had a, he's been a dad with a newborn right now is like nodding at you. Like, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, best, yeah. best way to describe yeah. it. Utterly sleep deprived, utterly really? chronically sleep, like, deprived. like all day. Well, specific, no, the specific or feeling of training, tr- of trying to exercise, trying to actually push weights. Um, okay. It, it, it's, okay. it's a bizarre feeling. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was, it was like, there's a no shove in there. There's no, um, you can't muster up the energy no matter how much you try. And it manifests itself clearly in, in a loss of muscle mass and a loss of strength. So the same, and I was going diligently to the gym and I would just actually get weaker week over week and smaller. So, oh, so okay. to, you remember Dr. Comer and he yeah. had a business partner and his business partner, just a, a doctor, we know he would always talk about that feeling is like when, like when testosterone high, you have gusto, right? And yeah, then he's yeah. like, when you don't, you just don't. So I see what you mean. Like a kind of a, a push, a drive. Uh, and it's yeah. like sort of, it's, it's hard to describe, but the feeling is like in like deep in your body. Like it just isn't there. Um, imagine, imagine taking a deep breath and it's utterly not satisfying. It's like you took a deep breath yeah. and no, no, you didn't get any air. And even though you, you took a deep breath, it's like no air went in. It's, it's hard to describe. There's it's, it's palpable. It's palpable that you literally do not have what you used to have. I, I don't know how else to describe that. And you, There's, you know what it feels like to be that low, normal and elevated, right? So, well, I mean, I was, uh, I was on steroids in college. I know what it feels like to have 10 times as much. And, and is it the opposite of that? Like, is it just energy and push and drive and. Oh yeah. You feel like you're wearing the Ironman suit. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I, I shouldn't talk, I shouldn't talk too much about it. It feels great. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, if it didn't have potentially negative side effects, I tell everyone to be on at the highest level all the time for how good it feels. But obviously if you start measuring blood levels and liver enzymes and you're, you're not doing yourself favors being that high, it's going to cause trouble over time. But in the moment, anyone who's done a cycle knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. And it, it's, there's a sense of well being. It, there's definitely something like mood enhancing and we don't have a lot of data on it. Cause like nobody... a euphoria to it. Is that what you're almost like? 
Mm. Or just your ego because you're so big. Like, I don't, it's, no, it's Could, beyond that. It's a good question. Uh, is it psychosomatic? Just because, no, no, I know. I, well, too obviously, quick, right? It's too tangled up because you see okay. yourself getting, you know what? No, it, because I had dysmorphia to the point where I didn't know I was big. So, oh, yeah. Right. I couldn't yeah, tell true. I was bigger than anyone yeah. else. I just thought I was the same size as whoever was around me. So, it's not, it probably so isn't dumb. that. Maybe there's some social feedback, especially doing it in college. Cause, like, at that yeah. age, at that time, you're getting a lot of feedback where maybe as a later in life, no one, no one cares. No one cares. It's, it's not yeah. a big deal. So, yeah. there could be some social effect that it's, it's you can't okay. measure, but there's for sure like, um, a well-being like a definite well-being effect like a it, it feels good and it feels good to be like that strong and it happens like the strength just keeps coming so there's like a sense of progress like oh my god i can just that can keep going it's actually um, worthwhile going to the gym because you make gains well the gains come so fast that yeah. like it, it's the feedback might also feel good because right. it's okay okay it's it just works it's just happening whereas like other people are grinding out sets and you're like well, okay like, I know I'm going to be a certain percent stronger literally by next week. And then again, and then again, and then again. So um, maybe like a forward momentum, but there's cer okay, yeah. cer there's certainly some biochemical. It just feels good. So anyways, we're talking, that's supra physiological. Yeah. And now I'm supra or hypo physiological. I'm way yeah. off the bottom of the scale at this point. So this is another five to six months later. Now I'm training as hard as I can. I'm getting nowhere. I, I, I did manage to lose uh, some body weight, but it it didn't help that much because I was still holding 30 pounds of body fat. So I lost a bit of body fat, but like five pounds. Yeah. But my lean mass dropped all the way to 150. So that's like the lowest my lean mass. Again, so we're talking 153 and a half to 150. So I dropped another three and a half pounds of lean mass training as hard as I could. So wow, in the okay. so then at that point, I'm only 188 pounds, but I'm still almost 17% body fat. So like I'm getting nowhere here. So, I so just, you're doing that exact what like a lot of people experience when they try hard is you just slowly get skinny fat for lack of better fat. terms, what yeah, they call it, right? But fat. you're you're yeah. everything's moving in the right direction and you look and feel worse. Well, right? how about so this is the thing. In about six months, I lost almost 10 pounds and i only went from 19 percent body fat to 17 percent body fat i lost five pounds of fat but i lost like almost five pounds of muscle so it was it was really it, i was just shrinking and and so you can imagine a person who has low tests and doesn't know it trying to get in shape and dieting and training and just getting this effect you'd be like what this sucks right well, like, how, how about this how about this uh it not training at all or training as hard as you can with essentially no testosterone in your body, uh, they're both the same effect. You just lose mass no matter what. So, yeah. Okay. And I might have even done a better job just not training. And you know what? No, it's almost even. In both cases, I just started losing mass. And now along the way, in both cases, I also gained fat mass. So there's probably some connection there. But, anyways, so off of testosterone for about six months training as hard as i can i and, and actually losing some fat but percentage wise i'm still almost 17 percent body fat and down to my lowest lean mass in my adult life which is 
pretty discouraging. And it was so obvious in the gym. I just kept getting weaker. And I mean, I was struggling with weights I haven't struggled with since I was 17. Now you, so just to clarify that 37, but you figured out you have some sort of genetic thing, remember? Well, yeah, hypogonadic, hypogonadism came up in my in my genetic testing. So we can't, we'll never know if I could have recovered or if this manifested, this was going to manifest. It can manifest at any age in life at middle age. People who are listening, right. With John's very low numbers. And you might be thinking, okay, well, that's just guys who go off of TRT or off of testosterone. But we know a number of guys now who, um, there's a direct link between um, a concussion history and testosterone. And we had a friend, um, he was in a car accident when he was young, like a massive scar. I think he had like brain surgery because of it. And just talking about how he was um, never able to, like, he's like, training just didn't work for him. Didn't, mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. And he goes, if I diet, I just get gross looking. And so we were out with him and we were like, why don't you just get your testosterone checked? And yeah, he came in at like 57, 58, same thing. And then went for how on long, testosterone. How Oh, oh, dude, he, dude, this was, he was in the accident when he was like 14, 15, and he was probably late 20s when we talked to him. And then since then has gone on testosterone and just completely changed his life. And then we have another friend who was um, a high-level rugby player all through high school and university. And same thing, finally realizing that like a lot of his problems were just the multiple concussions is most likely the connection. connection. But um, this this guy hit someone so hard once he detached his retina. Like rugby's crazy. But uh his his test was super super low not quite to your level like in the low 100s but same thing so there it isn't just guys who are kind of sort of low and go on trt and then come off and are really low there are a lot of guys out there who may not know due to a history of um sports or um military work or, or car accidents who have very low levels of test because of the concussive force or whatever happened to their head so this could be affecting someone listening who wasn't just going off a test. If this sound, if you're listening to what John's saying and being like, it kind of sounds familiar, mm. just get it tested, right? Find out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if everyone's different. Like people can, I mean, I've had mul- multiple physicians were like, oh yeah, I've got lots of clients who've gone on TRT for a while, come off and they've recovered. So I don't know if I'm if I didn't give it enough time, but I don't know how much six longer I could. A lot of time. Six yeah. months is, it was yeah. pathetic. It got back to like 125, 130. That's about it. So it's like wow. still never got even in remotely into the range. So, right. I mean, put it this way. If it was going to take another six months, there's no way I was to last another six months like that. That was just a miserable existence. So um, I'm happy to be back on. And, and the way it feels now, this feels how this i feel like normal again like alive again uh okay so which brings me to the last measurement which was just just now um just a couple days ago back to 196 here we go again 196.8 so the same somehow i keep landing on that same and i'm never planning this i don't know what i weigh on the day i go in i just keep i just keep seem to show up at that same weight um this time i'm 12.8 percent body fat so kind of remind back to what i was like in 2013 11 years ago very very similar body fat to that 12.8 uh 24 pounds of fat tissue back then it was 23 so and that makes sense i was 20 12.1 fat then 12.8 makes sense the fat's a bit higher so 24 pounds of fat versus 23 12 years or 11 years ago 
and my lean tissue is 165. Where back then it was 166. Yeah. So and and Which so is exactly the amount we'd want you at at six foot, basically. And training consistently with like no, no injuries, yeah. nothing getting in the way. Like training is you know now training you know training actually. So that so was is this th- ninety days later. Is that what we're getting at here? Like three months. Yeah, about, of, about wow. three. Let's see here. Just over three months later. So it didn't kind of like the broken arm. It yeah. took about three months to gain another to gain gain 14 pounds of muscle basically get back to where i was before the cancer all this mess started in the first place right um so to arrive back where i started and doing the stupid idea of going off testosterone right after the surgery it was again dumb idea but it, it served as a pretty interesting experiment that now 50 years old i've i'm back to the you know 12 something percent body fat which isn't bad right i, I would can do a photo shoot right now but i think i it's not bad. Like it's good. It's Within good, striking distance, as we say. Yeah. Right. But it's it's yeah. not a bad size. I'm the same weight as I was 11 years ago. I'm within a pound of the same fat, and I'm l- within 1% of the body fat percentage, and I'm within a pound of the lean, lean tissue, lean mass. So that's not bad. But it just yeah. shows you between then and now, I've been up and down. 15 almost pounds of lean mass and up and down 10 over 12 13 pounds of fat mass at the same body weight so it's just the point is you can weigh the same and depending on your training status you can be um you can be dramatically different in body fat percent like some of these body fat percentages that's not that healthy like that's actually a fair bit of fat like the difference between having literally 35 pounds of fat on your body or 20 or 24 like that's 11 pounds less fat and the visceral fat's much much lower so it's the same this is what i guess what people think they mean when they're talking about recomp but it's i'm not doing anything specifically to recomp i'm just training as much as i can to gain as much muscle as i can and and paying attention to diet as to not gain fat and really all i've done is arrive back at the tissue i the the I keep saying lean to the lean body mass I was 10 years ago. The thing is I wasn't doing scans all throughout those 10 years. So I'm sure I was kind of on a sine wave a little bit more, a little bit less, but yeah, pr- pretty consistently somewhere 95 or 96 is a decent weight for me. If I push it, I can get, you know, if I push it, I can get uh, below into the upper one eighties. And that's when the pictures, you, if you Google search me and see pictures, I'm one eighty something, one eighty five, one eighty seven, one eighty eight or something. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, as a comparison, okay, so uh, the conditioning I was during those pictures back in 20, I don't know, 12, I think it is, I was 10.6% body fat, so again, just not that much less than my than some of these other numbers, but the fat mass dropped all the way to 19 pounds, and lean, but I also lost some lean along the way down, I was 160 pounds of lean, so okay. it's, it's, it's hard, it's really, really hard to keep lean mass at its peak, as you're dieting down, like it's some amount of it's going to go with it. Now, again, as per the DEXA, that could just be, yeah. and water, we know food, <clears throat> yeah, water, food. We know yeah. that when you're dieting down, you're just eating less total food. There's less total water. There's, you're just carrying less carbs in general, which all of that yeah. measures as lean, right? Yeah. So I'm, I, it's a, Brad brought up a good point. The better, better way to discuss this would be if I was looking at appendicular. So the exact yeah. muscle. Again, exact, exact muscle. The DEXA shows I had on both legs and on both arms. And then we can take away that variable of, well, did you just eat a big meal? And is, is there a pound of food, undigested food that's registering as lean mass or not in your, in your, 
uh, in, in your stomach. So, but it, it suffice it to say it holds that when I'm at my leanest, I'm I'm also I'm not at my highest uh, lean mass percentage, like or, or lean total lean mass yeah. when I'm at my leanest body fat as you know for the look i guess you could say and that's that kind of gets to what bodybuilders do that's different than what the average person dieting down and they're wondering like oh you know i kind of look flatter how come i don't look like you know what the images i'm looking at online well if you keep moving the testosterone and anabolics up while you're while you're dieting your way down you're going to hold that lean mass like me and Bre- a funny story me and brad have seen a couple people do this and they looked fantastic on stage and we it's funny we would say they dieted down from 190 to 205 yeah it was insane yeah yeah, yeah. so they they managed to actually gain significant well significant, losing fat gain muscle but a dramatic yeah. amount which dramatic, is like enough to change your total body weight quite like, unrealistic yeah so i've i've noticed similar things so i mean since 2012 I was 34, 36. I can't do the math. 36 mm. probably, right? But very first DEXA, 20 pounds of fat, 148 pounds lean. And what's really, really interesting about this is in 2013, um, similar to your experience, I had to stop training at a cyst remove. And I was only off of training for two months. And I went down from 147 lean to 137 lean. And then in July, picked up training and just like twice a day, like I've nothing worse than coming off of not being able to train midsummer Canada. Like we've got two months to have our shirts off. Right. So mm-hmm. I just went how Mary for it. And by September was right back up to 147 lead. So 10 pounds, right. Had we been smart, we would have just not trained, taken pictures, trained, and then those would have been amazing transformations and made millions online, but we're, we're dumb. So we didn't do that. But it goes to show, right? You can lose it pretty quickly, but then you can... Now, remember, my my test is always... I'm trying to do the conversions to American 700, right? Like, it's it's never... It's on the higher side of normal. It just always has been. So it, I think my ability to kind of bounce back is, is probably part of that. And then ever since, so 147 lean in 2013. And then big gap where we didn't test at all, but 2017... 143 lean then at 40 years old like on my birthday uh in 2018 142 lean and then at 43 in 2020 142 lean again and then that whole time is like every time we go in for a dexa my body fat's 20 like 20.2 20.1 20.3 so kind of like how you normalize for weight i tend to normalize for body fat probably because there's a certain look i like when i want to go get a dexa right like so But my, my body weight's always between 165 and 175 in all of these. But the interesting thing about the drop and then the rebound, right? Now, you experienced it on TRT, and I've experienced it not on TRT. But I often wonder about what I think of as the Hollywood effect. And we wrote about this way, way back when Ryan Reynolds first did. Um, he had done Blade Two. Which one of the first movies where Ryan Reynolds went from um, Van Wilder to like Ryan mm. Reynolds, right? And like he was he was built, and then after that he started doing um, not really action movies yet, but more rom coms. So he's always kind of the built guy. And there was mm. an article about him, and he was saying it's it's he's just getting better at knowing how to do this because he doesn't train, 
at the time. I think he trains all the time now because he's older. He's like our age, I think. But at the time, he didn't train. He'd just go 10 months out of the year not training. And then, oh my God, I got a role and they want me to look jacked. So for two or three months, I'm just going to go at this. So not the whole um, Marvel DC world now where everyone talks about how they, they started prepping a year in advance that kind of thing like it, mm. from the article it sounded like ryan reynolds was like crap i got 12 weeks i'm gonna turn this around but i think that that muscle memory it's almost like they're doing it the right way right just like spend the big portion of the year just being active right and then oh crap i gotta get in i gotta get bigger for a role and just hit for 10 12 weeks and kind of get yourself back up to that sort of your your peak physique sort of thing and so i, I think that's what happens with with you and i after time off is then just being able to build back because it's, I mean, it's really important on these that we make sure that people know when I went from 137 to 147 lean, that a couple, six months before that, I was 147 lean. So I'm just building back up 10 pounds, mm -hmm. right? That wasn't two, 10 new pounds of muscle on me. Um, my numbers would be a bit different than John's because uh, where, where we go in Canada, um, lean is divided out by bone mass. So it's, I'd be 147 lean plus probably about seven pounds of, uh, bone mass of, of skeletal mass. So all my numbers are about six or seven pounds lower than I say they would be at John's just depending on if they include or don't include bone mass mm -hmm. in the measurements. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think the lean's still the same. This one just yeah, doesn't yeah. put the bone mass in, in the chart. Right. Right. So, yeah. So it, I've, I've had very similar, um, Man, you know, I should probably go. It's been four years. Go and see how it's going. Because my my lean is slowly going down. I've noticed that my um, bone cell mass, my BCM, is also slowly decreasing. I mean, from a 7.2 to a 6.9 sort of thing. So it'd be interesting to see where it is now at 47, if it's um, if it's continuing along that trend or if I've stabilized. But it is, it is very fascinating. And, and with lean mass, watching it change. And, and throughout these measurements that john and i have done there's been we're going to try training twice a week we're going to train twice a day we're going to try like we were experimenting with different things right so um and then in terms of the numbers right for the other thing that's interesting for me is i'm trying i'll have to go back and figure out exactly when i started eating like a, a plant-based diet but is the slow loss of lean mass just me getting older and, and not caring as much or is it nutritionally based so be that'd be interesting to look at as well but for you know since 2017 to basically now to lose a pound or two of lean mass isn't too bad in mm -hmm. my opinion yeah. right so well especially considering the effort <clears throat> i'm putting in the gym right now which is 80 percent kind of thing yeah so. and, and that's a good point so that's what i was going to touch on a few things here so my little experiment I inadvertently did a, did a two-part experiment here where, and it, again, it all works because I just kept arriving back at the same body weight. Um, not training, I lost lean mass and gained fat mass, but stayed the same body weight. Going um, off of testosterone, but training as hard as I could, I lost lost lean mass and gained body fat. So in both cases, training, you have to train. But on the other side of it, if you don't have enough testosterone in your system, you just you that's it. You're you're going to only get as big as the amount of testosterone that your system allows. Let's say it that so, way. So back to our whole on purpose thing, your body's like on purpose based on the amount of tests you have, this is the lean mass you get to support. It's right. not like it's not a mistake, right. it's not a, like that's just that's the math it's using. And it's it's from what I can tell and it anecdotally plus, you know, 
observationally, it's linear. The more testosterone you have, the bigger you can get. Yeah. And we have dozens, like not just our DEXs, we have dozens of other people's DEXs that we kind of look at a regular basis. Right. And that yeah. tends to be the guys who are on, on are bigger. Always. Well, and just look at bodybuilding. I mean, it's so obvious, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but in my case, if you drop your test to basically off the bottom of the chart, you're going to shrink no matter how hard you train. So, so mm. training has to be present. Training has to be present to gain muscle at, to the maximum that your biochemistry can allow. Like right. you, got, you can't just testosterone your way to muscle if you don't work out. This is nothing's going to happen. Like you're just going to, you're just going to have a lot of testosterone in you, but you're not actually going to get anywhere muscle mass wise. Um, but if you train, you can maximize the amount of muscle that testosterone can support. So, but both have to be present. So if you, do, if over years, like your third decade of life, your fourth decade, your fifth decade, you're training just as hard, but somehow you just keep getting weaker. It, it might be worth, and you, you, you can tell I'm not as strong. I don't even look as good anymore. You sh it, it might be worth going to check to see if you're actually just getting lower in testosterone. It's that could easily be what's going on. The other thing, um, my bone density dropped when I was off just as bad. Like it, when I was off the testosterone for those, like bone density went right in the toilet as well. Really? So, oh yeah. So, which is kind of crazy. It's never done that before. So I think it's, I don't know if it's a direct, direct or if it's indirect because I was so weak. Like I was so weak in the gym. I couldn't even maintain the bone mass. So like there's multiple effects there. Also on top of hmm. that training intensity wasn't good i was getting injured way easier joints were getting inflamed like just old old joint feelings that i just haven't had in a long long time for, since before i was on trt where things just felt lousy um we're all coming hmm. back like it, it was it was a real effort to get through a leg workout without knees hurting and hips hurting but then as soon as i reintroduced the trt like that started to like fade. It took a few months, but that started to fade. And then like, just, I was just healing better too. So like, that's definitely a thing. Um, I guess it's kind of, it's kind of helpful that I did this experiment. I didn't expect yeah. to drop this low, but that the fact that I did, and now I have a, um, a real experience of how crappy it feels to be that low. And not only was I weak, not only did bone density go down, um, the recovery just sucked. Like it just wasn't recovering which is just a spiral because how do you keep training with any vigor if you if you feel lousy and your joints right. are inflamed so it's just all of it just leads to just deterioration so it's yeah. i mean i guess it's not even worth trying to pick out if there's one thing at the root of all of it cuz they all go together like if your joints aren't healing how do you go do a good workout to try to build the muscle if your joints just keep hurting so i was thinking of that about my experience right because so you wonder if even that time off helped right sort of a rebound and then as someone who you know especially in 2013 we're just coming into being online people so it was important to me to get back like that the, the mm. training i did to get from 137 back up to 147 was on purpose there was intent right like it i did not like being that small it didn't it didn't fit with my persona of, of who i am mm. or my vision so that wasn't me just getting back into the gym that was me like getting back into the gym and so that might have made a difference there too like how quickly yeah, and, it came back and so i'm 50 now so i don't i mean it's prop regardless if i have trt like literally uh, testosterone fixed at a number it's re i guess it's reasonable that i just 
just can't generate the same force and can't recover quite the same as when I was 40 or 35. Yeah. Even yeah. even if testosterone is exactly the same line, there's probably other things going on and it's just you're just not the same. If if that um if that if that wasn't the case, it it stands to reason that if you just parked your testosterone at a certain number, you'd just look like that the whole rest of your life. But that just that can't be. Doesn't that, yeah. No. I don't think we have any example any example of that of someone 50 years old 60 or 70 years old well my as long as my testosterone is the same as it was when i was 20 i'm gonna look like i'm 20 that's not the case other no. things are going on that are yeah. like sarcopenia is going to happen a loss of bone density is going to happen no matter how much testosterone is in your system yeah so um it, but it, it it's instructive that 12 years or 11 years later i still landed back at the same lean tissue um now the other thing is, and maybe people don't want to hear this, it's likely you have to train more consistently the older you get in order to keep that that right. tissue that that um, lean mass from deteriorating, which kind of sucks because we've all pro if if you've started training in high school the way we did, you probably peaked out at in your late twenties, early thirties to your maximum yep. muscle mass, your maximum strength. Yep. Like I can't get anywhere near those numbers now. No, Not even close. The, the tw 27 to 32, 33, that's, that's the golden spot for guys for that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And you know what's yeah. interesting about that? I just thought of this. Even though I'm at the exact same lean mass as I was 11 years ago, there's yeah. no, and same body weight, there's no way I can push the same amount of weight in the gym. So yeah. so the the performance of the actual muscle, again, as per measured by DEXA, I'm assuming it's more or less the same right like the same muscle yeah. mass yeah. um i just can't do that same weight i could do then now yet yet my composition's pretty similar so there's something mm -hmm. about strength that um if you have trained consistently your strength will peak out somewhere in your 20s and 30s oh, but strength that, is a whole other podcast right, right? in terms but of that, rate of force development and stuff like that yeah right but that peaking of strength at that age doesn't mean you can't be 25 years later similar body composition you just won't be as strong no yeah well and if you think about i mean a great example of that you can have two guys who are almost identical clones in, in physique and look in the gym and one can be just immensely stronger than the other mm -hmm. so yeah you can definitely build back that mass at an older age it just might not be as strong which means you have to do a bit more work in the gym because you're not doing the same push right yeah the same intensity it, right so it's kind of sort of a bummer right like the older you get the more you have to train yeah like just to not shrink you're not gonna get any better you're just not gonna look you're just slowing down the process of looking worse i think the good thing is you have that in you know 40s are weird because i think you can get away with most of your 40s on the compound interest of all the training you did before it's like in your late 30s early 40s all of a sudden you're like i can train twice a, a week and i look still look great and there's some sort of memory and then and so you hit mid 40s and you're like maybe not as much as twice a week maybe a bit more and then by the time you're hitting 50 yeah you're like i gotta train a lot but there is this little window where you're like you're dipping in that bank account of all the work you've done before that sort of sweat equity where you know late 30s and your 40s you're just like oh this is easy i don't have to push as much weight i can only train twice a week it's still just sort of working and then and then and then you start realizing i gotta do some more yeah there is a chronology to all this right the mm -hmm. the way you train it a youth athlete at 15 is different than 25 which is different in 30s which is different than it just keeps going on right you have to train mm -hmm. specific for your age yeah and as far as volume goes like 
that I'm doing now versus what I was doing in college. I don't know if I can directly compare it because the weight was so much higher that I was on steroids. So I can't really tell, but then post-college, um, post-steroids, probably all through my thirties, that's when training really took a hit. Like things that I remember backing off on things like squat, heavy squatting and deadlifting early thirties. I was kind of like, yeah. okay, I don't think I can do this anymore. Now, looking back, that's at the level I was doing. You know, if I couldn't yeah. do three or four plates deadlift, like what's the point in doing it? Like now I deadlift with the trap bar. I don't even use a normal bar anymore. Um, but you know, 135 to 150 pounds just to train the posture to make sure squatting feels good at the bottom position. Like now I'm training muscle patterns right, more than right. more than pushing big weight. But as we can see, it doesn't change my lean mass. My, my lean mass is similar to what it was back then right so but i have to do more total volume with these lighter weights to kind of maintain all of this and just keep keep the joints and the and the movements the movement itself trained so i spend a lot more time i think i do more total work in a week more total volume in the gym but not volume as measured by sets times reps times weight and then like did i move you know, was this workout 50,000 pounds total weight move right, versus right, right. back then? So there's something in there about you just can't keep progressing and progressing and progressing. This might be a whole podcast on its own. This idea of progressive overload being like, how can you just progress forever? Yeah. Like, yeah. like if, if your peak strength was mid thirties or late twenties, early thirties, like I'm 50, shouldn't I be lifting thousands of pounds now compared to yeah. like, should my bench press be a thousand pounds if it was 250 pounds 15 years ago? So it doesn't keep progressing. Now I'm progressing into movement patterns and like grooving a pattern that allows me to continue squatting without getting hurt. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. 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 But, I just do that, mine are like half hour long warm ups and then 10 minutes of hard work. That's like it's, it's, it takes me that much to like, but you know what? I find that if I do really treat the warm up as almost the most important part of the, the workout routine, then those mm -hmm. last 10 minutes I can get some good push. But if I don't do that long warm up, it, there's nothing there. Right. Well, yes, you have to be you have to be much more diligent with warm ups. It just make it just like you can be. The thing is, when you're young, you can kind of be sloppy with your warm up. You can be sloppy with your um your like stretching, like ma maintaining joints. You can be sloppy with all of that because you just heal so easily when you're young. No, dude, the warm up for bench <clears throat> when you're younger was the bar. Then one set of plates to 135 and two sets of plates to 225, three sets of plates for 315. And then you started adding like the fives and stuff like that. Like that was, you just warmed up by 90 pound increments, right? I blow apart right now. That, I, I mean, that. it's just, but we just thought going from the bar to a 135, I get, and a lot of guys, younger guys, they, that's not unfamiliar. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What yeah. else you can do? Now I go bar for bar for a while after doing like rotator cuff work and yeah. then 10 pounds, 25 pounds. Like it's, it's, it just all has to feel good all the way up. It can't, can't yeah. just jump, jump right in. And then at some point it's like, okay, that now I'm actually ready for the, whatever weight I can actually handle now, which is a fraction of what it used to be. Yeah. But again, it doesn't, it doesn't mean I have less lean mass for, so for some reason, and I don't know if this is elucidated at all in the research, but for some reason you don't need to continue lifting the same amount of weight or how, how the, the same intensity of weight to maintain the, the lean tissue clearly i think you've done the work <clears throat> to get satellite cell incorporation new myonuclei all that or that sort of like yeah. heavy heavy work was done but my my interest in this is so we've both experienced 
a drop off in lean mass and then the ability to rebuild it, right? Uh, me without TRT, you with TRT. But my question is then how, how does that skew any actual research on the ability to build muscle? So had, had you or I been in a trial at that time, mm. right? And just taking mm -hmm. some time off and decide to get back into training. I mean, whatever, if you and I were in a trial and happened to be in the same group, it didn't matter if there was 30 people in each group, we would have skewed that enough that it would have been significant. Our group would have grown more than other groups just by the two of us being there as long as they didn't remove us as outliers, right? So you wonder about the training effect and research on muscle building is just so, and muscle building is agonizingly slow, but regaining muscle can be pretty quick. And I think that's something oh, yeah. we need to point out, right? Like it, it probably takes just to see results from a workout program, 70, 80 days, you're looking at 10, 12 weeks just to see some results from workout. Whereas you and I are like, oh yeah, we built ourselves back up in 10 or 12 weeks, but it's because you were building back up. You weren't reaching those thresholds of intensity, volume, effort, whatever you want to call it, I like effort, that elicited some sort of actual structural change in the muscle, right? Like you had to hit those levels at a younger age where it's just like that was hard work and I'm recovering. And now we're just playing off of filling and refilling bags of muscle, essentially. Bags of water. Yeah. It I think I don't think we actually know 100% how it all works. Like it's obviously, like you said, it's differentiating the satellite cells, so they're incorporated. New nuclei are incorporated, so there's more. I don't know. There's more rubber in the balloon, but yeah. it's it's yeah. still it's still a matter of inflating the balloon. Yeah. And so you, if you're just working with a slightly larger balloon now, so when you inflate yeah. it, it just gets bigger. But when it yeah. shrinks, they all shrink down to like nothing. So I even like to think of it. It's funny. I have, I have balloons right here. It's really weird. Um, but like. The very first time you blow up a balloon for a birthday party, for instance, mm -hmm. like it, it, it's got some resistance to it. But after it's been blown up a couple of times, you just, they blow up really easily, right? So I mm -hmm. bet you your muscles are similar. Once it's been expanded, it can get there easier. But getting it to really kind of give and, and allow it to grow, that takes work. Right. And then at some point, it's at its maximum. It can't go any further. Yeah. And I think it, it tracks just with age over time. Like you... There is no experiment you can do where, where train somebody, somebody trains for 30 years, but doesn't age. And yeah, so, if you yeah. somehow, so if you could eliminate all the factors of aging that limit muscle growth, how big can that person get versus someone who just ages? <laughs> like You can eliminate age as a confounder in a study involving length of time, then everything would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> But, but that's the point. Like, yeah. There's this question, how much muscle... Somebody, somebody is actually asking me, that, how much muscle can you actually build without steroids? I'm like, I don't know. It's pro I mean, we, have, we have our calculation. But again, it's person to person. Yeah. But, there's, but it's reasonable that there's a limit. But that limit depends on when you started training. Like, did you start... Are we talking about someone who just started working out at 50 years old or someone who started at 15 years old? But, but both of them are going to hit some limit. I, and ironically, that's not that far apart. I'm blanking on, there's an equation that you use to sort of when you're scaling animals, where the point where they can't get any bigger without collapsing it on themselves or under the weight of their body, right? Mm -hmm. um, scary enough, that equation doesn't work underwater. So I don't know what's in the bottom of those oceans, but it could be massive, Godzilla. Mm -hmm. But on, on Earth, it's, so I imagine a similar, um, like we talked about earlier, there's a surface area to mass equation that's used a lot in in physiology um there's probably something similar to just you just can't based on your skeletal structure that you you can't gain more mass right it would just collapse 
Well, and, we, and we, it's genetic, right? Like in myostatin, yep. like the myostatin gene tells your tells your body to stop growing muscle mass. If if you've ever looked up the myostatin knockout animals, like a whippet or um, the cow, the they have double huge. the amount of muscle mass, and it, and that's just a gene. It's not like the cow's working out or the dog's working out. It just has, it's just missing the gene that tells the muscles to stop growing, right. and they they look like the the bodybuilder version of a cow and of a whippet. And oh it's, yeah. It's absurd yeah. how, how much muscle is on their bodies. So that's just an example that there is some genetic factor that just tells it to stop. And yeah. there's only so much you can do by lifting weights to push through that limit. And then you can, so there's two layers of pushing through that limit, just, just weight training and then super physiological doses of anabolics. So testosterone yeah. plus every other der der derivative of testosterone you can think of. I'm guessing growth hormone has some effect there. I'm, I don't, I don't know. But um, anyways, the point is, the point is there's, there's limits to muscle growth. We don't actually know um, technically or physiologically exactly what's going on, but there is a limit. But within that range, it can be really transient. You can go up and down. Despite the fact everyone says it stays fairly consistent, there is evidence, yeah, just without training mm -hmm. or being sick or, or going off of TRT or whatever, for whatever reason, it can oscillate. So mm. within normal ranges, yeah, you can definitely have, as John's example, with the exact same weight with different levels of muscle mass. Yeah. All right. So we should probably wrap this up. Um, what's yeah. the, um, what do you think the take home message here is? I think it's just that, right? Is it understanding that you can be the exact same weight, but based on other factors, the fat mass and lean mass can change and kind of keep you at the same body weight, but massively change the look. Mm. And that the, um, you know, if you did have, this is actually a really important one. If you do have to take time off and you will lose muscle and it, it is a weird experience to go through. I hated it. Um, but just know that you can build it back and you will build it back quickly. And it's actually almost fun how quickly it builds back. So if you have to take time off, if you've been sick or you've been injured, like give yourself the time you need to recover. Cause I know what it's like. You want to get back in the gym and just start training. But once you're fully recovered, you hit it you, you grow back quick and it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just add to that. Um, it, as you age, if you do notice, and if you're being honest with yourself and you're training really consistently, but your results just aren't, aren't happening and you're actually getting maybe even weaker and you don't look as good and your body composition might be going in the wrong direction in spite of all your effort, it may be worth getting your testosterone checked out because, totally. you know, in my little experiment, that was clearly no matter what I did in the gym, a lack of testosterone, I just shrank. I just shriveled up. So, nice. I, all right. So I think that's a good place to leave it. So uh, for Brad Pilon, I'm John Barbin, and that's your Five Life Podcast. Mm -hmm.